0: hello this is Kenny and welcome to my podcast this is the very first edition the number one podcast so you may have to bear with me we are going to talk a little bit I guess I say we I am going to talk a little bit about evolution versus creation I know there are people on both sides of this I understand why people believe in evolution Because it's taught in schools, it's taught in all of your high schools and all of your colleges. Evolution is taught as a fact in these science books. However, I do believe that it is fake. It is not facts. It's fake facts, if you will. So, it's really pretty simple. I believe in God, and I believe God created the Earth, the universe, and everything in it. Now, evolutionists believe some pretty far out stuff and I have a few examples here for example if you're an evolutionist you have to believe that 20 billion years ago there was a big bang that's the big bang theory 20 billion years ago there was a big bang where nothing exploded and produced everything now 4.6 billion years ago the earth Cooled down. You see, it was hot after the Big Bang. So it had to cool down and it made a hard rocky crust. Now it rained on this rocky crust for millions of years. This rain, of course, created the oceans and it also turned some of these rocks into soup. The soup, three billion years ago, Okay, so it took another couple billion years, so three billion years ago, the soup came alive on its own, and then slowly, over the next billions of years, evolved into everything that you see today. This is, of course, what science teachers and schools teach. I'm not against science, schools, or teachers in any way. I'm not against science. But I believe there's a difference between real science and fake science. I think that the evolution is fake science. So 20 billion years ago, everything started with a Big Bang. So prior to the Big Bang, they say there was nothing. So nothing exploded into something. So what exactly exploded? Well, nothing. Nothing exploded. Literally nothing. So then something happened to nothing, which triggered the largest explosion in history, and here we are. So that sounds to me more like science fiction than science. Of course, none of this can be proved. It's all scientific hearsay, and since we can't see it, we can't observe it, We can't replicate it. That's not science. There is no scientific method here. So, sounds to me like it's religion. You have to believe it. You have to have faith this stuff really happened because there's no proof. And that's fine if you want to believe it. That's fine. However, it is a belief. It is a religion. It's not science. Evolutionists think that they have proof, scientific proof, and we'll touch on a couple of those. A couple of them, we have carbon dating, we have the fossil record, and we have fossils, and they use these items as proof of evolution. I was watching one professor in a debate. He was talking to a well-known creationist, and the professor said, he said, you mean to tell me you think that all the dogs on this earth, and there's over like a thousand varieties of dogs, all the thousands of varieties of dogs on this earth came from only two dogs on Noah's Ark. You expect me to believe that? He was asked, but you expect anybody to believe that all these thousands of dogs on the earth came from a rock? All, they all came from the Big Bang, from primordial ooze billions of years ago and slowly evolved into these dogs. I have an easier time believing that there were two dogs on the Ark and these are descendants of those two living dogs rather than claiming that all of these dogs on Earth are from a big bang from nothing. Some of these other evolutionists Some of their greatest evidences, they claim, are the fossils. I don't think so. If you find a fossil in the dirt, all you know, really, is that it died. You don't know that it had any kids. You sure don't know that it had any different kids other than itself. So, we don't know that it had evolved into anything, or that any of its ancestors ever evolved into anything, all we have is a fossil that is what evolutions claim are some of the proofs for evolution from monkeys to men they find a bone random bone in the dirt and they claim that it is an ancestor to all the humans today you don't know that it's the ancestor to anybody it's merely a fossil and Why on earth would you think that a bone in the dirt could have done anything that animals currently can't do? Animals today only have offspring of their own kind. For example, if you have a dog and it gets pregnant, you have pups. If you have a cat and it gets pregnant, you now have kittens. If you have a cow and it gets pregnant, you now have a calf. Cats don't bear dogs, cats don't bear rats, they're all the same kind, so why would anybody assume that this bone in the dirt came from a different animal, or any of its ancestors were different than what it is itself? I guess a question that I would have is, if monkeys evolved into men, why do we still have monkeys? Why do we still have monkeys running around if monkeys evolved? I mean, are the monkeys that we currently have are they like the retarded monkeys? They're retarded, they just haven't turned into people just yet. They're waiting. I mean, if I was a monkey, I would want to go ahead and do the evolution and evolve because why would I want to be stuck out in the woods when I could evolve into a human and be, you know, driving around a Cadillac? So they must be retarded monkeys. Also, one of the things these evolutionists talk about is the fossil record. They love to talk about the fossil record and fossils, but they can't seem to come up with any fossils of all these missing links. Everybody's heard of a missing link. So that is the fossil between the monkey and between the man, for example. And that's just one example. Now, there should be literally millions of fossils that are in between, but there's none. Now, there is in a textbook where they claim to have found some bones, like Lucy, they call a missing link. These bones were actually scattered out all over the place, and they piecemealed them together. And later come to find out they were nothing more than bones of a chimpanzee and a couple other animals molded together. They have been proven as fakes, but they're still listed in the textbooks as real. So they're still relying on a fake hoax for their proof instead of anything else, because they don't have any. So there should literally be millions of fossils between supposedly dinosaurs you know, turned into birds. So the ancestor of your modern-day chicken is a dinosaur, like a, a Tyrannosaur rex. So, there should be millions of fossils between that dinosaur and a chicken, but there are none. So, these missing links are missing. They're still missing. So, one of the other things they like to talk about is, of course, radiometric or carbon dating. They always want to talk about carbon dating, and so they can supposedly prove these fossils are the age they're claiming. But one thing I've noticed is whenever they actually try to carbon date something that they know the age of, it doesn't seem to work. It's always way off. It only seems to be accurate whenever they don't know the age of whatever it is they're carbon dating. I mean, how convenient is that? I mean, that must be really nice to only assume this carbon dating works on a fossil. And then all of a sudden it's really, really old. But if you have a item or an animal that's living and you try it, it doesn't work. And I have a couple examples here that I dug out, for example, and this was published in a journal called the Antarctic Journal, volume six. It was in 1971, page 211. They took a freshly killed seal, okay, they freshly killed seal, and they carbon dated it. Well, guess well, guess how old it, it claimed it was. Well, it claims that it's 1,300 years old. So, I wouldn't exactly call that accurate. I mean, a freshly killed seal is 1,300 years old. So, we have another one in Science Magazine, in Volume 224, it was... Um, done in 1984 they took shells from living snails so these snails were alive they took the shells and tested them and they carbon dated as being 27,000 years old so these are snails that are currently alive in 1984 so they would be you know current alive carbon dated is 27,000 years old so This sounds to me more like junk science every time you talk about it. We have another instance that was published, and this was about a baby frozen mammoth that was found in Antarctica. So they'd start carbon dating different areas of this animal. They dig it out of the ground, along with all the debris around it, and they send it off. Well, one part of this mammoth was dated at 40,000 years old. Another lab tested another part of the animal, and it tested out to be 26,000 years old. And then they sent the wood that it was laying in next, next to this carcass to another lab, and the wood tested out to be nine to 10,000 years old. So that's the kind of science we're using to carbon date these fossils. Now, to me, that's fake science fiction, not real science. But, you know, these guys believe it. They actually believe it. And they will literally base their whole entire life on this kind of science. Well, science says, you know, you believe in God. That's so ridiculous. You believe in a fake God that you can't see? And I'm thinking, you believe in, what, carbon dating and fossils? I mean, come on now. And we have another bit of evidence that the evolutionists use, and it's called vestigial organs. So a vestigial organ is an organ that we supposedly don't need anymore. We've evolved past needing it. One example of this is the appendix. They have claimed for years that the appendix is a useless organ that we don't need. So we must have evolved to where we don't need it. Other scientists, however, have figured out now that the appendix is actually needed. It's part of your immune system. Now, you can live without it. You can live just fine without it, but you may or may not be susceptible to other kinds of diseases without this organ, because it helps protect you. So, again, we have these evolutionist scientists that say, see, here's an example of evolution. You have an organ here in your body that you can live without. My rebuttal to that would be, you know, you can also live without both of your legs. You can live without both of your arms. You can live without both of your eyes. But just because you can live without them, does not prove that you don't need them. They also teach that years ago, millions of years ago, man, in this evolutionary process, had a tail. As you know, we used to be monkeys, according to them. So at one point we had a tail, and we gave up the tail. We don't have the tail anymore. We lost the tail in the evolutionary process because we just don't need it. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself here, we don't need it. We don't need a tail. I mean, do you know how handy having a tail would be? I'd love to have a tail. I mean, you could use the tail like if you've got two bags of groceries in your hand, you want to unlock the door, you can't get your keys, you you've got to set a bag of groceries down. Well, if you had a tail, you could use the tail possibly to unlock the door or to help hold a bag of groceries. So, I mean, I personally think having a tail would be nice. But, you know, evolutionists say we don't need it. The evolutionary process decided we don't need a tail, so we don't need it. That's the kind of science we're dealing with. So we have lots of this evolutionary wisdom going on. I prefer to believe in what the Bible says, like in 1 Corinthians 3.19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. That's more more along the lines of what I believe. The smarter we seem to be getting here with all of these new evolution, climate change, just you name it, we're actually getting dumber. It's foolishness. So, point being, if you want to believe in the Big Bang Theory, that's fine. You can be a fool. You can believe in it. And if you want to believe in it, And claim it's science. Just know. It's not science. It's religion. You have to believe in it. There is no proof. So it's a religion. It's a belief. Creationism is also a belief. But I would rather believe. You know there's a God. Who made the world. Not just believe in random nonsense. And that you came from nothing. And you'll return to nothing. So. If there is a God, which I believe there is, he made the world and he owns it. He can do whatever he wants with it. He makes the rules. And I think we should find out who he is. Find out what he wants. Maybe we should do what he says. Of course, you can find out all this information, what he wants, who he is, and what he says. You can find it right in the Holy Bible. You can find anything you want to know about it in the Bible. Um, Our current Bible, like the King James Version, has been around since 1611. That's when it was translated into English. So we've had the information for a long time. It's just a matter of what you want to do with the information. And so we have evolution being taught to these kids. And... Evolution's a joke. It's a fake joke and the problem is is this fake science is being taught to students every day and they believe it and what it does is destroys their faith in God. It destroys their faith in the Bible. Why? Because they don't believe they have a creator. They believe that they're just random. They're random nothingness that came from a monkey who came from a rock from a big bang of nothing. Life doesn't mean anything. You have no purpose. And there's nothing to look forward to when you die. They don't believe there's a heaven. You just return back to, I guess, you know, the dirt from which you came and go back to nothing. So, my question would be, you know, if you believe that, you know, if you died today, what do you think is going to happen to you? Where would you go? You know, if that's this, The end of it, you've got literally nothing to look forward to. I personally believe that there is something to look forward to. God is real. Heaven is real. You have a soul. You were meant for more. So if you're listening to this and you are saved, I think you should get saved. If you're not saved, um, if you are saved, you should find something to do for the Lord. You should stop worrying about getting a fancier car or a fancier house and start worrying about who is and who isn't going to heaven or going to hell. I mean, there's a possibility you have a good job and you have money and maybe God gave you that good job so you can help people, so you can help spread the good news of his kingdom, of the coming of his kingdom, good news of people going to heaven and instead of spending all your money on worldly items like bigger cars, bigger houses, fancier everything, I mean you can still have that stuff but spend a little bit on furthering God's kingdom. I sure hope this has helped you in some way shape form or fashion. If it has helped you that's great. Um, I pray that you share it or send a link to somebody. I plan on adding more in the future, in the near future. So, thanks for listening, and God bless you. The First Epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Thessalonians Chapter 1 Paul and Sylvanius, and Timotheus, and to the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father, and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you, and peace, from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor, of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us, and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost. So that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show us of what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Chapter 2 For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and we were shamefully entreated, as ye know at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanliness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time we used flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cheritheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, We were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses, and God also. How holy and justly and unblamely we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As ye you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his children, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you into his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, Ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews." "...who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles, that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, Endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Chapter 3. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it be good to be left at Athens alone, and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it came to pass, and ye know. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. But now, when Timotheus came from you unto us, and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity, and that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress by your faith. For now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. For what thanks can we render to God again for you, for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do towards you. To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Chapter 4 Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God has not called us into uncleanliness, but into holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you. For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. And that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that which we are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Chapter 5 But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are the children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep... "'sleep in the night, and they that be drunken "'are drunken in the night. "'But let us, who are of the day, be sober, "'putting on the breastplate of faith and love, "'and for an helmet the hope of salvation. "'For God has not appointed us to wrath, "'but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, "'who died for us, that, whether we wake or sleep, We should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, Warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble minded, support the weak, and be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless and to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen.